Hey friends, it's Mark James. It's Thursday. I'm recording this podcast at 5 past 11 p.m. And the reason it's so late is because I've never found a moment in today when I felt up to recording this because I've just been in such a changeable mood. So many things have happened today. Let's get into it. I woke up this morning and took Joshua to school. But as soon as we set off on the journey, a light came on in my car. Uh, By the way, if you're in a bad mood and you need light, this probably isn't going to be the listen. But I don't know yet. I don't know if it will be or not. (laughs) I'm just... There's so many shitty things have happened. So I got this light on the car and that worried me. But I also had to take the car to my garage. But the garage that looks after my car is like 15, 20 miles away. So it's a good, based on the way you've got to go, it's like a 45 minute drive. And I checked the app to check. So in the UK on your car, you've got to have this thing called an MOT test. MOT stands for Ministry of Transport. And it's their standardized test that deems whether or not a car is roadworthy. And you can only tax your car and insure it and all of that stuff if you've got a Ministry of Transport test, otherwise known as as an MOT. And mine was due today. Obviously, I've not been driving the car and all that sort of stuff, so I've not been thinking about it that much. But I got a notification from my roadside assistance app, which also logs those things. But when I logged into it to check that, I also realised that my car tax was overdue. And you have to pay to tax your car in the UK too. So... And that had run out of the first of the month. So I've been driving without any car tax for 10 days, which is very bad. So that stressed me out. And so I was in the house and I decided to do that and tax it. So I taxed it. So there's another £120 that just, you know, who knows. So I spend that on that and that annoyed me. Then I did some reading because this book had come that I've been looking forward to, which is a new book by Derek Delgadio. And I'm reading it now, actually. It's very good. And so that came and I read that for a little bit in Joshua's room and I was going to do the podcast then. But then my friend called me. I don't remember who rang me then. Someone rang me for quite a bit. Oh, it was Darren Mack. He rang me to say that he was going through McDonald's drive-thru to get a breakfast. But then when he got to the window, they said there's no breakfast left and he'd queued for 20 minutes and he was furious. So we spoke for a bit. I finally got it together and uh, went out and I drove to the garage and then when I got there I dropped the car off and then I had to walk an hour to the train station and then when I got to the train station I had to take a trip on the train to Preston and then when I got to Preston I had to walk home which is another half an hour and then I got in I read more of the book and got myself ready for my show and I did a murder mystery show and that was fine and all good but all day I'd been reading different statuses on Facebook And unfortunately, it appears that a woman has been murdered in London and it looks like the person they've arrested is a police officer and they're they're quite a high profile police officer or or they work in high profile places. They uh, patrol Downing Street and places like that. That at the moment is what's been said. We don't know the full details of it yet. But of course, a woman walking home alone at night and being attacked prompts what are now the fairly predictable usual responses where people post statuses like, instead of teaching women to how to be safe, can we teach men not to attack women? 
And instead of, you know, doing this, can we do that? And just loads of different stuff, which I understand is empowering and I understand is well-meaning, but I don't know if it really helps because, well, let me, you know what? I'm just going to read you the thing that I wrote. I thought about this for ages and I wrote a Facebook status about it and I'm probably going to say something that I don't exactly mean if I try to just riff some thoughts. So I'm just going to read what I wrote. Um, because I think it encompasses basically everything that I think about it. So here we go. The conversation we should be having here is much bigger than violence towards women. Men know what it's like to be afraid of men. Not as frequently as women, because physicality is a factor. I can tell you I've tensed up, crossed roads, pretended to have phone calls and hung in doorways until someone passed on many occasions. I've also done these things many times for no reason, because prior to an incident, perceived threat is as big as actual threat. It only happens to me when I pass groups or bigger, aggressively acting or unusually behaving men and never ever when I pass women. So I can only imagine what it must be like to live life where your perceived threat is almost 50% of the other people that you see. Educating men not to assault women has been a big focus of this debate, and yet I can't see how it would help. We already do that, from our little boys being told not to hit their siblings, then classmates, or to avoid fighting in secondary school. We do teach our young men not to be violent. Then, when the abhorrent few buck against society and still do, we give them the toughest punishments in the courts. Women are the more frequent victim because they possess less of a return threat to the attacker, and sickeningly, they are usually the much more likely target for sex crimes. That could go no doubt still further. That could no doubt still go further, sorry. We need to teach men that pornography isn't reality, that they can express their feelings about sex and sexuality without the judgment that leads to harmful frustration. These things are all gateways to crime in the mind of someone who lacks balance. The conversation needs to be more about more than violence against women. Despite it being the main end result of the problem, it's not the root cause. We need to talk about violence in society as a whole, from the language and attitude we use against strangers in conversation on social media, to the lack of compassion we have for fellow humans when we use physical violence against them in real life. The role of alcoholism, poverty and drug use as a motivator for crime and the way we treat those who suffer those afflictions as criminals rather than people who need help. In a society where the police have been underfunded to the point that they've only the human resources to investigate crime rather than preventing it and most people have gotten so used to being poor that they don't know it's meant to be better and we post every argument and fight into the constantly bubbling melting pot of anger we call social media. It's hardly a wonder that crime is high. If we want to stop violence towards women, we need to take a long look at violence in society as a whole. Even posting this status as a constant advocate for women, trans rights, BAME communities, and every other group of people suffering oppression scares me. I worry I'll be shouted down and told that I'm not doing it right, or that somehow I'm not woke enough. A lot of people get up put off from defending others because if you say nothing, you face no critics. That needs to stop too. Safer society starts with open conversation and rationality. It starts with compassion and tolerance. It starts to listening to other people's voices and thinking about how they might be right rather than why they are wrong. With love, I'm on your side. And thankfully, 
so that's the end of the status. Thankfully, I didn't get shouted down. But just to go over some of those thoughts and, and maybe flesh them out a little bit um, from the top, like the idea, well, not from the top, just as I go back up. I do think that we have a problem in society in that when you read something that somebody's written, nobody ever goes, really good points on this, this and this. However, I also wonder if and argues with someone's point in a way that's rational, they just attack the single thing that's not exactly perfectly said in the way that their own pre-definition of the way things work matches with. And so they com- they completely derail a good thing that somebody's saying for the sake of attacking a minor point within it. And I think that that leads to so much frustration and argument and things that don't make sense. And then the idea that people get put off from defending other people. If you never get involved in the debate, if you never say that you think that violence is wrong or that anything is wrong, then nobody ever criticizes you. It's the same as vegetarians. You know, if someone's vegetarian and they say, oh, I'm a vegetarian, but you know what? Every now and again, I have a burger. They are considered worse than people who just eat meat unapologetic people who say, I'm not a vegetarian, that people who say that face no criticism. And let you, if you're a vegetarian, 95% of the time, but you have a burger, you get criticized for it. But you're still eating way less meat than people who just say, yeah, I don't eat, I just eat meat, I'm not a vegetarian. And that's the same thing with arguments. If you never get involved, nobody ever says a thing to you. But as soon as you try to defend people, you get shouted down for not doing it right or not understanding it properly, even though you're well-meaning. And so many people with good intentions think, fuck this, I'm not getting involved because it's more hassle than it's worth because the left and liberals are too woke. And I say that as someone who is a left, who is from the left and who is liberal. Sometimes we are our own worst enemies when people are trying to be on the side of good to make it out to them like they're not doing it right so that they just think, you know what, I'd be willing to be a supporter, but it's not worth the hassle because when you don't say anything, nothing gets said to you. That's such a big problem. And then the rest of it is just about, you know, I it must be horrible to be a woman and walk alone at night when you think that basically every single person has the physical ability. Every single man potentially possesses the physical ability to take advantage of you because I feel scared too. When I walk around at night, I made a point almost at the beginning of lockdown. I used to go out at night on purpose to try and face that fear. And sometimes, I mean, it's funny, Sarah, I'll tell you, I did have altercations and I did have a couple of incidents and people at night are insane and it's not good. And I feel afraid and I would purposefully walk into the wind on it to charge down that fear and it's pointless. And it never made me feel good. And and I did feel properly scared when big groups of people or bigger men than me or aggressively acting people or people just staring at you or acting weird or suddenly stopping their conversation when you walk past them and things like that. All of those things trigger you and make you feel afraid. So I can only imagine that for a woman, it's horrible because for me, it was only a small percentage of people because it was bigger men or groups. So if I was a woman, I imagine that fear would be a lot more present and that must be 
really, really not cool to live your life with. So I absolutely, you know, have all the empathy for that in the world. Um, it's grim. But I don't think that we can educate men more to not commit crimes because the people who do it, nobody ever rapes and murders somebody. And then at the end says, when they get asked why they did that, goes, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know I was not supposed to do that. Everybody knows they're not meant to do that. Rapists know they're not meant to rape. Murderers know they're not meant to murder. What more education could they have? So really, we need to tackle the actual root problems, which are violence in society in general, language, people misunderstanding, teenagers growing up with, you know, physically violent or extreme pornography, and then not experiencing that thing that has gotten under their skin in their fantasies in real life, and allowing that to turn into violent frustration that they then act out. You know, I've read loads of articles about how that's a root cause of so much of this sort of thing. That's very dangerous. They're difficult conversations to have with your kids. But I promise the first thing I will do is have them as soon as I feel it's appropriate. I will explain to my son, who I know at some point will find and begin to watch pornography, what is okay and what isn't. And it'll be awkward for him and it'll be awkward for me. But that does need to be said. But I think he already understands that you're not supposed to hit people. So that's got to be a problem. There's a bunch of other stuff in there as well, but there's no blame being put on society as a whole and the government, you know, there's no, and I don't want to use this as an excuse to bash the government here, but police numbers are horrifically stretched. There are not enough police to investigate crimes that have already happened, let alone be present enough in society for people to not commit crime. I know now that I could go out at night, quarter to 12, well, half 11 it'll be in a minute, you know, in 10 minutes. I could go out right now and walk 12 miles all the way up to the football club and back through rough areas that I walk through during the day. And the areas I walk through during the day are rough. You know, I took Sarah out for a walk with me once at like eight o'clock at night. And she said, I'm never walking up here again. It's terrifying. So, you know, to go up through there now at half 11 at night is insane. But I guarantee that if I did... I would not see a single police officer or patrol car because there aren't enough of them. There aren't enough on night shift because they need them during the day to investigate crimes that have already happened. There should be five times as many, but they've been underfunded, the same as everything else in this country. Once upon a time, everybody believed they had the right to work a normal job, and because of that normal job, own their house, own their car, and be able to afford to have at least two kids. That now is an unreachable dream or a luxury. You know, Sarah's got a good job in a nice luxury watch store. I, when things are normal, have got a good job working all over the world as a magician. We do not own our house. You know, we do well, but the market does not exist to allow us to have bought a place to live. And yet that used to be considered standard day one stuff, easy to do. But society and the government have eroded our expectation to the point that we don't realise we're supposed to have that anymore. People have turned to drugs, alcoholism, all sorts of different things that are gateways to violent crime. Frustration is a gateway to violent crime. You know, Russell Brand once said about drugs and alcoholism that... 
weed is not a gateway to cocaine. Trauma is a gateway to drug use in general. And I think the same is true with violent crime. People who are brought up and shown violence inevitably turn out to be violent themselves. They are much bigger endemic problems than the idea of violence towards women. So if we want to stop violence towards women, we have to remove a huge amount of the animosity that exists in society. That is where the problem is. And until we can take care of that, everything else will remain a problem because the people who do those things already know that they're not supposed to. It's a shitty situation. But if we're going to fix it, we have to be honest about working out what it is. And you'll find that a lot of men will not go out of their way and say any of these things because when all of the blame is being thrown on the idea that men are committing crimes against women, the kind of men that would never do that just stay quiet because it's easier, because all they do is get shouted down and say, instead of saying it's not all men, listen to our point of view. Well, yeah, that is fine. But we all need to get on the same page. I hear a load of stuff about women need a safe space. And I agree that they do. But we all need a safe space for conversation and to not jump down each other's throats and be able to express our opinions a little bit better. And sometimes when people want to know what the right thing is, they find out by asking a question that indicates that they already don't know what the right thing is. So instead of telling people they're fucking idiots for not knowing what's right, we should listen to the fact that they don't and help them find it. Anyway, that's enough about that because I'm just too pissed off today. One of my friends, her daughter, who I would also say is one of my friends, uh, her and her boyfriend had an incident tonight where they were... um, found themselves in a potentially violent situation and that's a horrible thing to happen you know just on a little walk out to the park and it's all just shit so you know look after each other friends and be nice I'm gonna finish with the poem because there needs to just be a little bit of love and it's a silly poem by Shel Silverstein Uh, You know what? Fuck the poem. That's the end of the podcast. I'll see you tomorrow.